Well, hi there. Jason here, your host on the Umpire Inspired Podcast, a show where we learn from and celebrate extraordinary and ordinary umpires from all around the world who inspire us. Hey, before you enjoy this episode from season one, I wanted to let you know that we've recently wrapped season two of the show, and we were fortunate to hear from some terrific guests from minor league baseball umpires Ben Engstrand, Nathan Diedrich, and Jen Powell, to amateur umpires from California all the way to the Czech Republic, as well as a very special visit with one of my personal umpire heroes, Major League Baseball umpire Ted Barrett. I hope you will enjoy spending a little time with these outstanding umpires. And if you do, please share it with your umpire friends that you think might enjoy listening. And take a moment to leave a brief and honest review over on Apple Podcasts so other umpires can find the show as well. Thanks so much for listening and enjoy the show. The Umpire Inspire podcast is all about the stories, all about the journeys, and all about the heart of being an umpire. I'm your host, Jason Becker. Hi everybody, Jason here. Thank you, as always, for popping in to check out the show. I have a conversation for you today that I think you're really going to like. You know, recording and producing these podcast episodes for you, it's its a double-edged sword. I get to have a lot of fun, but at the same time, it's a big challenge because visiting with these great umpires, these great inspiring individuals, it gets me so geeked up to go work games, to get back on the field, to get back to all the things that we all love to do, right? Working with a newer umpire, uh, witnessing a great ball game, uh, or just shooting the breeze in the parking lot with a partner after the game. And of course, all of those things are not doable just yet. Uh, I bet you feel the same, that when we do finally get the green light to safely resume baseball and softball, whenever that may be, there will be some off-the-charts excitement and eagerness, not only for the players, but also we umpires who love what we do. And hopefully that manifests itself in a renewed commitment, a renewed passion to do the very best job we can, no matter what level we serve. All right, so before I introduce you to today's guest, I would just like to make one request of you, if I may. I'd like your input on something. Over on the Umpire Inspire Facebook page, I have a poll running that I would really like your feedback on. Uh, Simply put, I would like to know which level of umpire you are most enjoying hearing on the show and which you'd like to hear more of. I have several episodes in process for you these next few weeks uh, with some pretty special guests that I know you're going to really enjoy. But I'm also always looking ahead to what comes next. And so I'd like your help. Head on over to Facebook if you wouldn't mind and uh, give me your feedback. John Coney is a little league and high school softball umpire in Portland, Oregon. Umpire in chief of his local little league and unapologetic umpire nerd. (laughs) But boy, is he good at what he does on a softball field. And more importantly, John has such a clear-eyed view of why he volunteers as a Little League umpire, what it all means to him, and the opportunities that Little League umpires have to make an impact on the experience for the players, coaches, and families. 
John and I met when we were fortunate to be selected to serve as volunteer umpires at a regional Little League tournament last summer. And over the course of that week, as so often happens, we became fast friends and umpire brothers for life. I promise you are going to walk away from this episode with a renewed passion and spirit of service. So please enjoy my conversation with John Coney. John, welcome to the Umpire Inspired Podcast. Thank you, Jason. It's great to be with you. John, you and I are separated by about three and a half, four hours on I-5. You're an umpire down in the Portland area. Right. And you and I met and had the pleasure of working together down in Tucson, Arizona at a Little League tournament last summer. I'm sure we'll get into that and uh, perhaps share some tall tales. Yes, Tucson Brothers for life. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That was a fun trip. Definitely a fun trip. So, uh, John, to start out with, tell me how in the world you got involved in this crazy thing. Uh, Back in the day, when did you start thinking that uh, umpiring youth baseball and softball was going to be a fun and cool thing to do? And tell me about the first uh, part of your umpiring career. Sure. Well, I think there was, uh, you know, deep inside me, there's always been an umpire, um, and I never really recognized it, nor did I have any explicit plans or ambitions to do it. Uh, But like a lot of us, it happened when my kids started playing softball. My daughter uh, was in 2014, she's nine years old, her first year playing uh, minors little league here in Portland, Oregon. And um, uh, her coach, Brad Perry, who I will mention by name, uh, grabbed the gear and said, you're working the plate tonight. Um, and uh, cause that's what it's like here in, you know, in Portland, Oregon, I'm much like a lot of areas. I'm, I'm uh, a lot of communities. I'm sure where, uh, you got to grab a dad from the stands. And, um, so they put the gear in, in my, uh, in my hands. I was terrified. Uh, these are nine and 10 year old girls and I am six foot two, 220 plus pounds. I'm not a small person, but I was absolutely terrified. Yeah. And, uh, but anyway, I got behind the plate and I made my first strike call. Now, mechanically I was a mess and all I had to do was work with what I'd seen for, you know, the guys on TV do. And, uh, so I tried to do this kind of quasi MLB, uh, mechanic and gave a big deep guttural, you know, uh, growl. And, um, it was completely wrong by all, you know, all little league standards, <laughs> But I was like, whoa, where did that come from? Nice. I kind of like this. Um, and it just, it just, you know, like a, like a flash of lightning, it hit me. And um, so that was in 2014. I think I worked three of my uh, daughter's team's uh, games. And, um, and then even then, I didn't really have, I was like, oh, that was kind of, that was kind of fun. But I just didn't, you know, kind of know what was ahead of me or anything. And, and uh, I did that season, I did meet, we had a real umpire come in, one of our local guys, Larry Emard, who's been at it for forever. And he did about a 20 minute um, a little mini clinic with me on some things where he worked the plate and I worked the bases. Um, and that really helped kind of lay a foundation. Uh, so that's where it got started. And then, and then, you know, from then there was a year later then that uh, Brad Perry and a couple other folks who'd been involved here locally with the the incumbent baseball uh, little leagues of which softball was just a, a slice of that to say, hey, we want to create our own uh, softball specific only little league for the girls. And uh, would you like to be involved on the board and may, maybe be our umpire in chief or UIC? And I just said, sure, I can do that. So that's where that's where then it became more formalized in, in 2015. Am I calculating this correctly that you had three games under your belt and then were asked to become umpire in chief 
<laughs> that is right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the nature of this beast in the Little League and everything. And one of the things I've yes. noticed, you, you just got to jump into the shark tank sometimes. Um, and, uh, and, and that's how it was. Uh, so even without planning or, or a great experience, it just kind of jumped in and, and it went from there. Good for you. And thank you for doing it. Yeah. I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit. Um, because what you've just described makes me curious about another aspect of your umpiring game. And that's how your job experience has affected your, um, experience as an umpire. Now Mm -hmm. you come from a media relations type communications background in the public sphere. Am I describing that mostly correctly? Yes. Yeah. I, I've got a, um, a long career, 25 plus years here in, uh, in government affairs. Uh, I've been a public information officer, mostly in the public sector. I'd worked in, uh, in politics, you know, formally I worked in, in the Oregon governor's office back in, in the, in the 1990s, uh, have worked at a major utility and local government, uh, school district work. So yeah. So being a, a, a public affairs, um, professional, um, has I think had a big influence on on my umpiring. Yeah, you're you're stealing my thunder. That was the question because I right, think that right. has to have had a profound impact on your management of games and the way you uh, address coaches and and the way that uh, everything goes for you on the field. Can you think of some specific ways that those communication skills have helped you over these past few years? Oh yeah, absolutely. And it, it cuts both ways. And it, it, it absolutely cuts both ways too. I think my my umpiring has taught me a lot about my other my in, in improved my professional um, uh, world as well. But yeah, you know, I've said worked in government affairs and media relations and and um, a kind of external relations here. That's all about being a good diplomat. Um, and you know, diplomacy is such an important. Um, uh, thing to have, and I think especially here in the Pacific Northwest, where we are not, um, we don't kind of practice that confrontation-heavy, smash-mouth kind of politics that you see on in um, in national news coverage and, and that kind of thing. But being uh, an element of diplomacy uh, in 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 umpiring and being sometimes persuasive, being firm, being uh, you know looking the part. Uh, being well dressed and and addressing uh, coaches and, and and parents and spectators and the players with with a certain amount of respect and good humor and striking that right tone when I walk on the field, those are the things. Those are the things. A lot of the nuances I've had to uh, to learn and, uh, and and I think be pretty good at in my professional life, and that really um, has a big I think a positive influence uh, on my umpiring. And if there's one thing I can say uh, that I think I do well, which is I know how to kind of read an audience when I come on a game. Um, is there a tension in the air? Is there, am I, I going to have to calibrate my umpiring one way or another to kind of fit with what's going on with these two teams? How experienced are these teams? How experienced are the coaches? Do they know the rules well? Are they the kind of coaches that are going to be quick to argue with me and that kind of thing? So that, that all kind of comes into play into, into how I fine tune my comportment when I'm on the field. What about a newer umpire? When I teach clinics or when I help younger umpires, the mechanics on the field are one thing, the rules of the game are one thing, but it's quite clearly the game management side that is yeah. difficult, if not impossible, to teach. So you just kind of have to do it. And right. that's right. the, when we talk about those types of 
skills in those types of scenarios, <laughs> that's that's kind of when I find young umpires' eyes starting to glaze over like, oh, boy. I... <laughs> right, yeah. In, to, to new umpires, I would say, um, hey, God, you know, what don't you say to them? There's so much material there, yeah, and so much advice. And these these, these guys are, and, 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 you know, I've been in this six years now, and I'm still drinking from a fire hose. But um, the things I would share with the guys, um, uh, with, with new umpires is, look the part um you know uh, you know wear a crisp nice looking jersey if you've got the opportunity obviously if you get pulled out of the stands it's kind of a non-issue but if you really if you look the part that um that really kind of sets the tone that 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 tells these these coaches and and the players and the spectators hey this umpire's taking this seriously he's showing respect for us for for, for me um uh he, he he looks good in his uniform um that that really makes a difference, you know. So if you look the part, you're going to be you're going to have a, a leg up in uh, an advantage going into this into this game. You're gonna uh, you're gonna do yourself a lot of favors, um, and uh, and also that you know it's um, being loud, it, it, you know, being assertive, being loud, um, and that that I think can also kind of set set a tone. Hey, it's not that you're being a jerk or something like that, but you're you're confident um, and everyone can hear you. Um, you, uh, you, you don't have to repeat things. So that's, that's really, uh, that's, that's really, really important. Um, and then finally, and then we've, the, I mean, we've all heard this so many times, but slow it down. Yes. You know, the, you, you're not there to make that. And I know that impulse is to make that quick bang, bang play as soon as it happens. Cause that's what we see on TV, but no, that's, you know, the, the one thing you're going to serve yourself so well in doing is to slow it down. I have saved myself from so many embarrassments by not making that quick punch out uh, outplay at first place at first base when I when I see it happen like okay she's you know she's she's out and I'm just about to go into it and then the next thing you know the ball's on the ground yes um and uh, so it's that saves you from a lot of things so uh that's slowing it down you know looking the part being loud that's really gonna gonna I think it, it, that's gonna open a lot of doors for for a lot of new umpires I think uh any of the dear listeners of this podcast have heard four or five guests already say, Hey, <laughs> look the part. Yeah. Uh, I hope, I hope you're hearing that new umpires because it's true. It's not just something that we say. It's not a bullet point that goes on our clinic teaching notes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is, it is a real thing. And I think you'll agree, John, that there's a, there's a psychological component to that, not for all the fans and the players and the coaches, but for yourself, you know, when you are, when you walk out after just having a good sharp haircut or whatever does it for you, mm-hmm. you know, you walk out of there feeling pretty good. And I think the same applies for when you're ready to go, you're treating it seriously. You are looking the part as best you can. I think you walk onto that field in a different place than, um, otherwise. Absolutely. That's something I carried over from my professional life where, um, call me old fashioned, but, um, I am, I do not appear in public, uh, in anything but a coat and tie and sport coat and, uh, air sport coat and tie and, uh, and slacks and well-polished shoes. Um, that's just uh, something my old man handed down to me and, uh, it puts me in the mood when I'm going to go out and do a, a public testimony. Like I just did this, this last week to, uh, to an elected body, um, here in Portland. So, yeah, looking that part, it it'll it'll put you in a better frame of mind. You'll feel better about yourself, and and uh, it'll it'll project a lot of respect too. I have a good umpire friend up here who says that she spends 
she'll spend any amount of money on new umpire gear <laughs> in order to look right and to look good. And, you know, her actual wardrobe gets the short end of the stick as far as clothing budget. And I'm exactly the same <laughs> way. Like, like my umpire gear, man, I am ready to roll, but everything else is, I don't know, not looking right. too good. Right. Oh, that's funny. And it's it's so true. So after that first year where you just jumped onto the field a few times, the new softball-specific Little League started down in your neighborhood, and you were asked to uh, be a part of making that happen, and you said yes. Yeah, so uh, it got, got approached by um, uh, April Rice, who's our league president. She's been very involved in, in softball uh, with her daughter here at the local Little League. So we, we named it Beaumont Softball. Beaumont is the most centralized neighborhood here in Northeast Portland. And initially, we were car- we essentially carved out softball out of the two existing uh, baseball little leagues, Wilshire Riverside and Hollywood Rose City. And so that was our, our catchment area. And uh, so a, a bunch of us came, came together, Brad Perry and Ann Korak and, and, uh, and, and April and Gretchen Dunn, a lot of us who were parents who had, had, had girls in the league, almost, almost uh, all of us did. Um, and we, we formed a standalone league. And so we got chartered by Little League International. And so 2015 was our first year. And we then, and it's, we'd been in existence ever since. Our, our numbers, uh, we kind of had a drop off a couple of years ago, but then we, um, we, we, we got some new board members in and did some more uh, aggressive marketing. So we've got about 140 girls in the league now. And it's everything, you know, the, the, the T-ball and farm and then minors, majors, and we still uh, have a juniors program. And since then, a couple of years into it, we wound up absorbing uh, Park Rose, which is out to the uh, to the east of us. Uh, their softball was was really on fumes, so we wound up absorbing them as well. So we've got a very big geographic um, and population wise catchment area. Um, but one of the things I've noticed, Jason, is is that girls just don't play softball to the same degree that boys play baseball. I mean, our numbers are roughly a tenth of what the baseball leagues are. Ah. And um, it's, I, I don't, I couldn't tell you why. I, I don't know why it is, but the, but the girls just don't, or, you know, soccer and, and basketball just reign supreme here. Okay. It was like that in Seattle, Washington, where I grew up. So it's it's a battle we're fighting, uh, but um, we're, we're, we're working well. We're working well with the high school programs to, to build a continuity there. Uh, so to be their, their de facto farm systems. And it's going very, very well. It's something that we're all very proud of. So before I ask you more questions about your league, can you back up and make it a little more clear? Why a softball-only Little League? Yeah. I'm not quite clear about that. Well, it's good. You know, so we um, what had been happening, and this kind of predates me, um, uh, but what, uh, again, our league president, April Rice, and, and some others had noticed is that with softball being um, just kind of an appendage of the baseball experience here uh, for, for in existing uh, Little Leagues, and with relatively, again, few girls participating it just got overlooked a lot. The, the girls just didn't have the same amount of attention and this, and um, as, as the boys were getting. That's not intentional. It was not a, a slight, and I don't think in any way, it was just really a, a raw numbers thing with sure. so many boys playing and so few girls playing. So that was where the, I think the, the impetus to, to create a softball-only league was. So the girls had their own place. They had their own identity. They had their own board focused solely on them. Uh, to improve their uh, to improve their experiences, had their we had their own sponsors that are ex- they're explicitly sponsoring uh, softball, and so that's been a real boost I think to these girls. They have their own uh, their their own name and identity and their own attention, and that's really made it um, a, 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 something that the girls are are much more attracted to. And 
are you still serving on that board as umpire in chief? Yes, I am still. I am still the the UIC um, uh, for that. And even though my daughter's long since gone out of the league, uh, grown out of it, and and a lot of us still are. A lot of us original board members are still there because we care so much about it and 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 giving these girls uh, uh, a unique and uh, and fun experience. So um, it's something. And and being in an, in an umpire in chief. Uh, it doesn't, other than the actual game time and everything and, and, and some, uh, kind of clinics that we run and that kind of thing, it's a pretty easy way to stay involved. And, uh, and it, again, it's, it's, it's a, it's a natural thing for me. It's a natural thing for a lot of others too. And, uh, and so something it's, it's a public service that I will, um, uh, continue to do for, for many years. And how does your umpire crew, so to speak, look, do you have some, volunteers that you can count on to work games alongside you? Yeah, we do. It is, and I will say this too, it is harder, I think, to get uh, umpires to work softball, particularly at the, at the, at the lower levels than it is uh, baseball. And that's just, um, uh, uh, it, that's just a, a fact of life. Um, but we, we, I've got, you know, Nick Hudlow, um, who of course, you know, and, and, oh, sure. and trained with and, and worked with Nick is, <clears throat> uh, Nick is half my age, but twice as experienced <laughs> and, uh, he works a lot of games for me and there's others too. And it, it but it, you know, it takes a while to kind of get to know this network of, of umpires and everything. And, and, um, and there's, you know, there, there's a deficit out there. Let's be honest. There's a deficit in, in, you know, for, uh, of sports officials all across the amateur ranks, all across the country. Uh, there's a huge deficit there. Speak to all the other umpires in chief and assigners out there. Are there some specific things that have worked for you to recruit umpires these past few years when you've been trying to fill the stable a little bit? Well, one of the things I, I always um, that, that I've experienced myself and I try and share with other uh, with other umpires here is because there's such a deficit. Um, and because these are, you know, little girls, I mean, you're talking about the minors level of girls who are nine and 10 years old, in some cases eight. Um, and, uh, their, you know, their level of mastery of, of the game is, is not where the boys are at that, at that same age. Um, and, uh, but one of the things I tell other umpires is people have always been so, uh, appreciative and so thankful to have me there working a game because it's so hard to get um, uh, to get umpires there. So I share that with uh, with other umpires. So I try and get to to work our games here. Is that people are really going to be very even if you know even if it's not your best game or anything like that. They're so appreciative that you showed up and showed up in person uh, uh, to give these girls an experience because a well umpired game, no matter what level, things are going to work better. When things work better, the kids have more fun. The, the fans enjoy it more. The coaches uh, have it, uh, enjoy it more. It is more functional, and it really starts with having a good umpire uh, at that game. What I've seen games that aren't well umpired because you have you, you might have a high school kid who's pulled out of the stands or something like that, and and then there's bad calls, and then things start to break down and that kind of thing. So when a good umpire's there, things are more functional, they're more fun, and people really appreciate it. And they'll tell you that. And I, I've been thanked um, – um, effusively by by uh, parents and spectators, and that makes a big difference. That makes a huge difference. It keeps our tanks filled. It keeps yep. us coming back. And yep. I really like how you described umpiring as uh, part of the public service that you it perform. I, I look at it in uh, a lot of the same ways. And that really helps keep me going when you don't have a great game or when you have a difficult confrontation or you know you're just a little down. Um, no matter what, you're still performing such uh, an important service and such an appreciated service. And God bless the parents and the coaches who tell you so, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was Jason, I was, I was thinking about it, you know, a common thread between you and uh, the rest of our 
our uh, our brothers in Tucson, um, and we all introduced ourselves. You know, the, the first day that we were there, and it was a common thread. I mean, that that public service angle was um, uh, was common in, in all of us. One of my umpire um, mentors and one of my instructors, John Yeager, uh, was saying just this the other night. We we're t- talking informally at one of our our uh, classroom clinics, and he said, you know, this is why we answer this calling, Little League and the high school, those two respective sanctions are very, very uh, closely aligned because they are educational, uh, educating kids about the game and how to be on a team and how to you know, uh, show character, how to deal with defeat and disappointment. Um, and so working the, in, as an umpire in these two respective um, uh, settings are, uh, it is very much, it is very much public service. This is not, um, a, uh, a, 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 in the professional ranks, for instance, where guys are, are uh, players and coaches and umpires alike are, are there to, to earn a living. This is very much an educational route. Perspective with a capital P that's the yeah. art. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things in my opinion that separates the great little league umpires, mm-hmm. um, is that the perspective never wavers. No, it doesn't. And you got to, you know, think about Little League. Uh, it is it is community. It's it's how you build community, how people come together. Um, and uh, you want it to be. Yes, it's a competitive game. That's true. But it's also um, it's about a lot of enjoyment and uh, and education. And so uh, keeping that perspective in mind, I think, is is really, really important. So, John, I like to hear about memorable games that guys have worked or been a part of. Can you think of any memorable games that you've had opportunities or any unique experiences over these past few years that stick out in your head? Yeah, a couple of them. Just last season, and, and we touched on this earlier about what's unique about Little League is that it's um, uh, it's all volunteer and it's all interchangeable. Um, and so uh, a year ago, I remember I, I got to, um, w- my family and I were down in Palm Springs for spring break. And I had just I'd done the week-long clinic in San Bernardino. I'd just done the three-day clinic here in, in Vancouver. Our games hadn't started yet because we're still underwater here and in, you know, in late March. We don't start our Little League until, until after April 1. Uh, even then, we, we're still underwater. But So I, I, uh, I brought my gear with me. It's like, hey, honey, I'm going you know, to work a game down there. And, and you know, she, you know, the, she rolled her eyes. But anyway, I was able to get on a game in Desert Hot Springs, uh, which is about 10 miles north of, of, uh, of Palm Springs itself. And again, they were so appreciative to have someone there who's a real umpire because they, they were hurting for, for, for umpires. Uh, I think it was kind of a slightly economic distressed area as well. And uh, But to have a guy come in from Portland, Oregon to work a game, I mean, it just meant the world to them. And it was really fun. So it was my first game of the year. It was actually, it was a, um, a intermediate 50-70 baseball game. Okay. And things went well. And it was you know, a memorable game for about the first two innings. And then the wheels come off. Oh, no. And, oh, all kinds of crazy stuff happens. <laughs> and, you know, obstruction plays and, you know, and a balk. And see, I'm mostly on the softball side, so the ah. balk thing was, you know, that caught me off guard, how to award bases. And then I had a, a thrown ball that hit a base coach and went out of play. And how do I, you know, base runners and how do I award bases? And <laughs> just I mean, a, com- a complete mess. And, and, uh, but it, were you working solo on that game? I was, I, I did have a base umpire, but okay. he was, uh, he was not experienced. He was, okay. I think he was, uh, you know, he, his, his mom ran the league kind of a thing. Okay. But, um, they were so afterwards, like, God, thank you so much. You came all this way just to, to, to help us out. And, and, uh, but that's, what's really cool about little league is that interchange. You can go anywhere, get a hold of someone and they'll throw you on a game and you're part of the family. That's so great. So, John, you mentioned 
Tucson. You you said the T word, and I just yeah, can't yeah. resist. I just uh, can't resist asking you about it just just for a little bit. Um, you and I worked the uh, West Region Juniors Softball Tournament in Tucson last summer, and just had a blast. Just had a blast. What are some of your main takeaways when you think of our week down there, um, working for those young ladies? What do you think of what was great, and how does that change how you think about going forward with your Little League umpiring career? Right. Well, um, it was uh, – I just remember thinking I need to bring my A game. I mean, these teams have traveled from Alaska, Washington. I mean, they've come a long ways. They've invested a lot of money and, and time in it. So um, for, for me, it was important uh, to really um, – to, to, to not let up and not, you know, take my foot off the gas in, in, in what I was doing. And, uh, that was, so I really, you know, I think we all did, we really gave it our all, uh, for them. Those players and those coaches were also very top notch. I mean, this was, I would almost yes. say this is basically, if not high school varsity, just sub, you know, high school varsity, uh, quality, uh, softball. They knew what they were doing. They made our jobs easier too. Um, and, uh, so, uh, we saw, I think, you know, showing that respect uh, for them and and that effort that we put in in our pregames, um, our pregame meetings, um, our how we comported ourselves in the field and everything. That was really kind of my takeaway. This this was this was really really important. And there was hey, let's be honest, there was a lot on the line for them. You win that tournament, you go to Kirkland, Washington for the uh, Juniors uh, World Series, and uh, so they they definitely wanted to win. There was there was. It was a good atmosphere there. There was a lot of uh, a lot of cheering and a lot of uh, laughter and everything, but there was a undercurrent of real competition too. I totally agree. And the tournament organizers and all the volunteer staff mm. were top notch. I'm sure you'll agree with that. I think for me, when I think back, the first thing that I think of about our trip is the team, is our team, the third team, yeah. Yeah. and just how fun it was to go through a week, a week plus as a team and the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows and, and where you start during that week and where you finish. I mean, Ooh. for us, it was a marked difference. I would say, um, we just, we learned so much each one of us and, and the experience of going through that was, I mean, there's so much more to discuss about that, but that's, that's the one thing that I think about. Right. And, you know, you think about, it, um, uh, you know, for, for, you know, you and, and, and I, and, and our other guys here from the, from the Northwest, um, uh, going to, you're battling the elements too. We're not we're not accustomed to, to working in the desert in yeah, the summer right. um, in that heat, and uh, and that added a whole nother layer of preparation and game management and that kind of thing that you have to be ready for. And that's um, that was a real uh, a learning experience uh, as well. And that was that kind of kept me um, you know on edge a little bit uh, while we were working that tournament. So, John, describe yourself three years from now. <laughs> it's 2023. You've got a few more years of umpiring under your belt. What have you accomplished and what are you doing? Um, what are your goals? Where would you like to be? Well, probably, you know, in terms of where I'd like to be, I'm, um, uh, you know, right here in, in Portland, Oregon, I would like to, um, uh, I, you know, continuing with, with little league, I really want to uh, use, you know, my role as an umpire to get more girls involved in softball at a, at a younger age and have them progress on through, uh, on through high school. Um, and being what I hope is a, a, a fun and positive influence on, on their experience is that's going to be rewarding to me. 
Um, and, uh, and, 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 and again, in, in high school too. And as I said, this will, this will be my second year, uh, working in the, in the high school ranks. And, and I hear this a lot from uh, a lot of parents that I know whose daughters are still playing in high school is they oftentimes complain about how bad the umpiring is. And, uh, and, and therefore their, their girls aren't giving a great experience in, in high school. So I want to help, you know, be part of, uh, of that as, as well. Um, in terms of, you know, looking at myself and, and everything, I would just, the only thing I tell myself is being out there is to relax more. Um, I come off as too robotic sometimes. <laughs> I prefer by the book, but you know, <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, John, it's been awesome, dude. Yeah. I hope that you and I can get on a field again sometime soon. And I know that from time to time you're up here. I hope you will give me a call. I expect, John, that you will give me a call. <laughs> I, I will be me, extremely will. displeased if you don't. Um, and I'll do the same for you. And uh, we can get out there and have some fun. Absolutely. Well, let's hope this, you know, let's hope this project of yours can uh, keep not only keep umpires engaged, but also maybe reach out to some new ones. It is, it is a lot of fun. Um, and I can't tell you how many people, when I tell people I'm, I'm a little league umpire, they, they, there's like, Oh my God, how can you do that? It seems so hard. It's so awful. And I said, no, 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 it's really, you know, it, it's, it's really, it's not only is it not that bad, it can actually be a, a lot of fun um, and, and very enjoyable. So it's a, it's a great way uh, again, especially I think on the little league side to build community um, and and to bring people together and and um, uh, and and educate as well. And there's there's just there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of positivity there. And you might find, like you mentioned earlier, that it becomes a calling. <laughs> it de- it definitely is a calling. Um, it's fun. I was you know I was I was telling you as we were talking offline ahead of time. I was just modeling for my wife and daughter all my new jerseys: the pink, the cream, <laughs> the MLB blue, the numbers on the side. And so as we're all kind of cooped up inside here with the coronavirus, they had to be subject to me and my male modeling uh, <laughs> techniques. So I was yeah had the the new the new jerseys on with the drop step and took the mask off and did the whole work. So. <laughs> With a mighty roll of the eyes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, John. Well, thanks again. Have a great season. I'm looking forward to running into you soon, buddy. Yeah, yeah. We will work a game together soon. Thanks, John. All right. Well, there you have it. John really strikes the right balance, doesn't he? He strikes the right tone for a volunteer umpire in Little League. I hope you enjoyed hearing his perspective. And I hope you might allow that phrase public service to bounce around in your head. Let it ring in your ears a little after listening to this conversation. I'd argue that even if you're at a level where you're getting paid to umpire games, you're still performing a service, either to your community or to the larger community of ballplayers or just to the game itself. Without us, it's only a scrimmage, right? So we are an essential part of the game. And so when things resume, Let's go out there and hold on tight to that perspective. Let's give our very best on the field. And we will not only be enabling the experience, we will be enhancing it. Take very good care of yourselves and those around you this week. And I will see you next week on the Umpire Inspired Podcast.